In the tradition of Stir of Echoes and Final Destination, Donnie Darko is an edgy psychological thriller about a suburban teen coming face-to-face with his dark destiny. Jake Gyllenhaal leads a star-filled cast as a delusional high school student visited by a demonic rabbit with eerie visions of the past and deadly predictions for the future. This excitingly original nail-biter will keep you on the edge of your seat until the mind-bending climax. I'm Corey. And I'm Paul. And we are the, the B-Movie Bros. Here are you B-Movies to the best of our ability. Sometimes we get off topic, but randomness is a gift. This week, as we continue our cult classic month number two, we are bringing you the 2001 film Donnie Darko. You heard what the back of the box had to say. Let's hear what we have to say. We're going to dive right into this shit with our technical difficulties, top and bottom three. All right, there's a lot to say about this movie, so let's start with the top three. For number three, the song choices in this movie were fantastic. I thought they matched really well with the scenes they were in, and it really helped to paint the mood and the atmosphere of the movie. Number two, this movie leaves a lot for the viewer to interpret, but somehow manages not to be pretentious, and I thought that was quite impressive. And number one, there's a lot of philosophy and psychology within this movie, the idea of determinism versus free will, uh, ideas of uh, isolation and alienation are present throughout the whole thing, and it's really quite an intelligent movie overall. My list kind of sounds the same. Number three for me was the kick-ass 80s soundtrack, which accompanied this movie. And like you said, the songs seemed fitting and appropriate and really enhanced the experience of what was going on on screen and with the characters at the time. At times, it almost seemed like the songs were made for the movie. Number two, there is some very good philosophical and scientific dialogue which takes place during this movie. And it really is engaging, and it's quite intelligent, um, above the level of a lot of people that probably have seen this movie. Number one for me actually happens to be the interactions that Donnie Darko has with Frank. They just seem like the most genuine duo in this movie. Everybody else that Donnie interacts with just doesn't seem to be on the same kind of level or plane or even like remotely understand or comprehend what he's doing. So everyone else kind of seems clumsy or very one-dimensional with their interactions and actually how they're portrayed. Donnie and Frank are the only two characters that seem to be fleshed out and provide any real consequence within the movie. Yeah, everyone else is kind of there to move the plot from point A to point B, but surprisingly this movie had reasons for that, so it's really kind of interesting. How about we take a look at the bottom three? All right, so for number three... This movie had a lot of social commentary in it. It kind of dissected how society goes to these feel-good, pop psychology, um, self-help kind of stuff, rather than realizing how deep a lot of issues are, especially with human emotions and things like that. However, a lot of the times when they portray society in this movie, it's overly negative and just comes off as kind of exaggerated. For number two, while I enjoy the fact that a lot of this movie is up for interpretation, the philosophy behind it, the reasons why things happened, it's kind of annoying that you have to watch it more than once and like really kind of know what's going on beforehand. It kind of takes some some homework to do. Though I like the fact that it makes you think after the movie's over. It's obviously not for everybody. 
Number one, when I was in high school and I first saw this movie, I really liked it. But most of the other people I knew who had seen it were whiny little emo kids who would talk about how misunderstood they were and only liked it because they thought they could relate to Donnie, which is fine, but that's all they fucking got out of it and it was really annoying. Fucking Hot Topic ruins everything. I I do have to say that before this, I've only seen this movie once or twice, and I only really needed to see it once to really understand and get what was going on with it. I didn't feel the need to go back and see it again to try and get a better explanation or any more out of it. Well, you can understand it, but there's, like, a lot of, um, like, elements to it, like, different different symbolism in it, like the man in the red, red jumpsuit and things like that. It's a different experience kind of every time you watch it. For my bottom three, I have to say number three was the character of Jim Cunningham, the, the evangelical zealot who says, you know, there are two things in life. There are fear and there is love. And really, I've seen these kind of people before. I've interacted with these kind of people before. And how he was portrayed in this movie was kind of just like a pussy. He really didn't stand up to Donnie the way that these kind of people normally do in real life and really, like, put him down and make themselves seem so much better than everyone else. Which, I mean, could go to show why that gym teacher had such an obsession with him because he didn't give that air of himself that he was so much better. But at the same time, that's how those people are in life. And his character just, to me, did not seem written properly. I think it was supposed to represent how empty and meaningless this feel-good kind of self-help self-help stuff is. It was kind of like the creator inserting himself in a dialogue that he never had moment. Plus, does anyone really believe that Patrick Swayze would be a pedophile? Nobody puts baby in a corner. Number two. The supporting characters are so bland, it it just blows my mind how well-written you can make the main character, but you can't flesh anybody else out. And I know there's a deeper meaning, there's a reason behind it, and you're focusing on a character that has a lot of issues and a lot of problems, and... Possibly this is how he sees the world around him, but I just felt like there was a lot of missed potential in the interactions and in the people. Yeah, I definitely get the impression that the creator kind of has a negative view on humanity and society, and you could kind of tell that he he imagines himself as Donnie, and it's like, everyone else is dumb and I'm so smart. Number one for me there just seems to be so much downtime in this movie. And even though it's only an hour, 53 minutes, which is a long movie for us to watch on this show, it seems to go on forever. There are so many scenes with no dialogue or dialogue that's so awkward, or there's so many pauses that it just drags. And I just can't help but feel like it could have been sped up. And I know, again, there's deeper meaning behind it. There's reasoning. I just think that it was unnecessary. There are times where they literally speed things up and everything goes in fast forward. Or fast reverse. So we mentioned the dialogue a little bit, so let us get ourselves into another quote war. Paul and I are going to take some quotes from the movie, quote them back and forth. You go first. That's what's so illogical about being a Smurf. What's the point of living if you don't have a dick? Every living creature on Earth dies alone. You can go suck a fuck. How exactly does one suck a fuck? 28 days, 6 hours, 42 minutes, 12 seconds, 
That is when the world will end. I am troubled, and I'm pretty confused, but I, and I'm afraid, really, really afraid, but I, I think that you're the fucking Antichrist. Why are you wearing that stupid bunny suit? Why are you wearing that stupid man suit? That ends this episode's edition of Quote Wars. If you have a favorite quote from this movie, or you would like to say who you think won this episode's Quote War, you can leave us a comment here. You can leave it on our website, bmoviebros.com, or on our Facebook page, bmoviebros. Let's give this movie our final take. We'll give it a score on our shot scale. Remember, friends, our shot scale is a reverse scale, 1 to 10, 1 being the best, 10 being the worst. How many shots do you need to get through this movie? I gave it a 5 out of 10. Paul? I give this a 1 out of 10, actually. Well, I have to say that Donnie Darko is a very deep and meaningful piece of art. It's like one of those stare at this long enough and you'll see the hidden picture pieces. Some people get it and some don't. I feel like I do and I feel that it has the execution of an abused piece of shit. The overall concept and story are good, but there seems to be so much filler that the movie drags like a two-headed, two-legged goat in the middle of the Sahara Desert. There is also some great dialogue but even that is offset by the bland cast and characters which surround donnie if it wasn't such an intelligent movie it would be irredeemable but that being said it really is a great discussion piece and a wonderful piece of art donnie darker is an intelligent movie that manages to be philosophically engaging while serving as an insightful social commentary There's so much going on throughout this movie that you can watch the same scene numerous times and have a totally different interpretation of it. Writer and director Richard Kelly manages to tell an engaging story that allows the audience to interpret the symbolism and the philosophy within the movie for themselves. This movie is difficult to understand completely upon first viewing. Even after watching this movie several times, I still notice different details upon further viewing that I hadn't noticed or different ways to interpret it. I don't really think there's a proper way to view this movie or to interpret it. It leads to a lot of discussions about philosophy and quantum physics, time travel, morality, and various other uh, topics that you don't really hear a lot from people. I enjoy the fact that I had to think watching this movie, and though I don't think that's for everybody, for those who are willing to take the time to watch it, think about it, and aren't bothered by the fact that you aren't given all the answers... Then I would highly suggest this movie. We know not everyone likes to watch the same kind of movies that we do. So we like to try and give every B-movie we review an A-movie companion, a movie of higher caliber, higher standard, higher production, that is just the same movie as the one we just reviewed. For me, I give as an A-movie companion to Donnie Darko from 2001, The Butterfly Effect from 2004. I picked Shutter Island from 2010. The reason I picked Butterfly Effect from 2004 is that both movies have someone who has been considered a heartthrob as their main character. Ashton Kutcher in The Butterfly Effect, Jake Gyllenhaal and Donnie Darko. Both movies actually center around time travel or the theory of. In the end, both main characters decide that the world would be better off without them. So they travel back in time one way or another in order to change that. And get rid of themselves. Spoiler alert. But most of all, both movies, coincidentally or not, clock in at an hour 53 minutes. And that is why The Butterfly Effect from 2004 is an A-movie version of Donnie Darko from 2001.
Well, you're talking about the director's cut ending of um, Butterfly Effect, right? Not the official ending? Um, whatever version I saw. Okay, the version I saw, he um, basically sends the girl away, and he doesn't die. But I did hear about the version you, t- you yeah, talked yeah, about. Yeah, in, in the version I saw, he went back in time and uh, choked his own umbilical cord to death. Yeah, now I'm wondering which one's the official one, which one's the director's cut. Ah, who fucking cares? But, but the version of Donnie Darko I'm talking about is the regular cut, not the director's cut. They end the same way either way. I picked Shutter Island as an A-movie companion for Donnie Darko because both movies feature a protagonist who is mentally ill and has breaks from reality. Both movies have a protagonist receiving unorthodox treatments for a psychosis. Donnie Darko and Donnie Darko goes under hypnosis therapy, and the main character of Shutter Island was given a fake identity so he can live out life as a detective to try and get over the trauma of killing his family. Both protagonists have hallucinations. Donnie interacts with a man in a bunny suit that may or may not exist, and the main character of Shutter Island hallucinates false occurrences relating to his family's death. And both protagonists have tragic ends. Donnie is crushed to death by a jet engine at the end of Donnie Darko, and the main character Shutter Island is lobotomized at the end of Shutter Island. Spoilers. And that is why Shutter Island is an A-movie version of Donnie Darko. Now we've come to everyone's favorite point, where we're going to tell you how to drink away the flick. Drink away the flick. Come on and grab your drink. Let's drink away the flick. I'm going to give you some drink games for the movie. Then so shall Paul. Number one, anytime Donnie takes his meds, take a drink. Number two, whenever Jake and Maggie Gyllenhaal share a scene together, take a drink. Number three... Whenever the truth comes out about Jim Cunningham, finish your drink. Number four, anytime Donnie is in therapy, take a drink. And number five, of course, because this is Cult Classic Month, anytime you can find a link between any of the Cult Classic movies we've reviewed, take a drink. Every time Roberta Sparrow almost gets hit by a car, take a drink. Every time her book, The Theory of Time Travel, is mentioned, take a drink. Every time time speeds up, take a drink and every time the words love or fear are mentioned take a drink and those are your ways to drink away this flick well we've come to the end of this episode which means it's time for us to rank the movies we've seen this month sounds good to me for number three i picked manos the hands of fate for number two uhf and for number one i picked donnie darko for me it was actually the reverse for number three I put Donnie Darko at the bottom. Number two, UHF. And number one, Manos the Hands of Fate. And yes, I know that this changed from the last week where I put UHF at the top and Manos at number two. Because over the last week, I've really thought about it. And even though I've seen UHF so many times from my childhood, Manos the Hands of Fate was just so bad that it has actually become more memorable to me than UHF. Yeah, I did the opposite. I actually switched uh, Manos and UHF. I was giving Word L a little more credit. That's it for this week. If you have any more comments you'd like to leave here on SoundCloud, or you can go to our website, bmoviebros.com. Anything in the Pittsburgh area, check out our friends over at riversedgepgh.com. And if you want to join us next week as we close out this year's edition of Cult Classic Month, we will be reviewing the 1981 cult classic, The Evil Dead. Pum, pum, pum. So until next time, friends, be brave, be alive, be back next week.